Baruch Hashem these days are special weeks called Shiva de Nechemto. Seven weeks which follow the three weeks before Tisha B'Av, which were called Shlosha de Parun Yosa. The three weeks that we read the Haftoris. And from Shivasa Batamos till Tisha B'Av, that we were busy with the sorrow and the pain and the tragedy of the Jewish people. And following Tisha B'Av comes the first Shabbos of Nachamu, Nachmu, Ami. And seven weeks, seven Shabbosim, that we have a special message of Nechama and the Jewish people start smiling again and hopefully we wait for the Mashiach. And what continues these weeks we know is Rosh and Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur and Sukkis, which is the epitome of expression of Simcha in our world. Now, when the Torah says, discusses the Nechama, the Torah starts off and says, Yishai Onava says, Nachamu, Nachamu Ami. Have Nechama, have Nechama, my nation, Ami. Yoimar Elokechem. These are the words of your Hashem, of your God. And therefore, Dabru Alevi Yushalayim. Speak on the heart of Yushalayim and give comfort and Nechama to Yushalayim. And everything, all the beautiful messages that continue. And there's a very special expression over here that we, that we hear. Nachamu, Nachamu Ami. Yoimar Elokechem. Yemar Elokechem says your God, your Hashem. Now, Hashem is telling us straight in the first words that the reason why Hashem is giving us this comfort, this Nechama, is because we are His nation. We are His people. Yoimar Elokechem, I am your God. And the Torah discusses this point many, many times. The expression, Ani Hashem Elokechem. You are my nation and I'm your Hashem. And here we have to define what really makes us Hashem's nation. In other words, Hashem calls us in comparison to the Goyim, Ami, Atem, Ami, Ani Elokechem. And after Ami, in the continuation of Ami, there are many other expressions of love called Bonai and Achoisi, Rayosi, Imoi. My daughter Hashem calls us, my beloved, my mother, even when the Jewish people come, which Hashem calls us Mami, to, 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 uh, to, to, to great Jewish people, to us, which every, every Jewish people is great, etc. But first we have to be Hashem's nation. Now it's very important for us to define what makes us Hashem's nation. And I will try to discuss a very important point which I think is a definition of this, of this problem. What makes us Hashem's nation? And um, I will, with apologies, I will, with my request, I, I will repeat the Advar Torah which I had the honor to, to present in the last seminar in, uh, in uh, New Jersey, Asbury Park, Shalashudas, Freshest Moments, Shalashudas, Rabbi the Rabbi. I said it to and I apologize to those who were there, but I think I will, I will remind, the, remind those who were there. There's a very famous Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Mesir Oznoi Mishmoa Torah, Gam Tfilosai To'evo. I'm not being personal now, but just telling you a beautiful word. If someone puts a, does not want to hear the Torah, also his tefillah, his prayers to Hashem, Hashem rebukes his tefillah. What's the connection? So many, many people say, because someone is not interested in hearing the Torah, why aren't you hearing the Torah? Because I heard it already. I heard it, it's, it's old stuff. 
Gam tefilasoy toeva. He comes in the morning. He says, Baruch atah Hashem. Alokhen you lokeh avsen Hashem. Says, I heard this already. You said this last night, yesterday, day before yesterday. <laughs> I heard it. You're repeating yourself over again that you need refuah, you need parnosah, you need nachas for the children. I heard this. Hashem can hear again. We can hear again. So I don't usually do this, but by special request, I will repeat this Torah in honor of the people sitting here, and the most important, as I was requested, honor the tape recorder. <laughs> I, I discussed the Torah on a parsha of, in the Chumash, a very interesting, very unique parsha. And this is the parsha of Pinchas ben Elozer ben Aaron Akoyim. The Torah says, Pinchas ben Elozer ben Aaron Akoyim, Heishim is Hamosim al b'nei Yisrael, Velokilisi is b'nei Yisrael b'kinosi. Now this is a very p- interesting story. It's a very unique story in the, in the history of the Jewish people. What happened was that Pinchas, we all know that the kuhuna was given to Aaron Akoyim. The kuhuna, the present to be Koyin Hashem, this was given to Aaron Akoyim. Now, Aaron Akoyim received the kuhuna for him and his children forever. Pinchas by means of inheritance, cannot be a Kohen. Why? Because when Hashem made Aaron for a Kohen, so there was Aaron and four sons, and Hashem said Aaron and four sons should be Kohanim, and Pinchas was the only, only one who was already born. Pinchas, the son of Elazar, was already born, and since he was already born, and Hashem explicitly said Aaron and four sons, so Pinchas, Hashem didn't say that he should be a Kohen. To inherit the coin from his father, he cannot, because his father, because he was born before his father became a coin. So Pinchas cannot be a coin, and Pinchas was unlucky. He was not a coin, because he, 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 all the children that were born later were all inherited the kuhuna. And Pinchas is very interesting. Opened up a new window of kuhuna. He was zeichut to a special present from Hashem. Hashem was carrying his bris with him. Hashem says, "You are my beloved." I'll carry his bris with you. You will be attached to me forever. And he gave him two presents. A present of Sholem and a present of Kuhuna. He is a coin forever and he has peace forever. Peace means that we know that all sickness that there is in the creation comes because of unbalance in the human body. Hashem promised Pinchas that you, that you will have peace. Peace means that even, in, even within your physical body, Koshkin, your mental state, etc., will always be peaceful and in balance. And therefore, Pinchas lived forever, as we know, that Pinchas is Eliyahu Anovi. Pinchas is Eliyahu Anovi. And he lives forever, and he will bring us the Mashiach. Now, why did he deserve this? What happened was, that Bilam HaRoshet, as we know, Bilam was the arch enemy, the enemy of, of the Jewish people, the absolute enemy of the Jewish people. And Balak hired him for money, that he should completely annihilate the Jewish people. Shouldn't leave anything left. Which isn't precise. Bullock didn't really care. But that's what, that's what Bilam was out to do. And he tried all kinds of means. All kinds of ways to, to destroy the Jewish people. He, did, he tried to curse them with he had powers of, of evil. And he tried to bring Hashem to punish them. To remind Hashem of the Jewish sins. And there was no way that Bilam that this Rosh Bilam can harm the Jewish people. When he finished everything, he told Balak, look, there's no way I can destroy the Jewish people. The only one who could destroy the Jewish people is the Jewish people themselves. I can't do it. The nations, nobody, nobody, no power in the world can destroy the Jewish people. The only one who could destroy them, the Jewish people is the Jewish people themselves. If you induce them to sin, to immorality, then they destroy themselves. And I promise you, he said, there won't be anything left. Hashem will destroy them completely. And he hired the Midian immoral girls, and they induced the Jewish people to Averis. And as Hashem said, Hashem says, I would have killed I would have absolutely destroyed the Nanah of the Jewish people completely if not for Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Akoyim. When he saw Zimri, 
who was the Nasi of Sefer Shevet Shimon, was actually engaged in an act of immorality. He went ahead, he picked up a sword, and he killed them both. And this is what saved the Jewish people forever. And Hashem said, if it wouldn't be for him, I would have completely killed him out. And what did he get in reward? He became Hashem's friend forever and ever and ever. And he is Eliyahu Hanavi. And every time that Hashem is Kairi's bris, I saw him this morning, if anyone is interested, I didn't see him with my eyes, but I know that I saw him. This morning I dabbed in Bob of the Medrash, and there happened to be a bris, I don't know who, but I just dabbed there. And there was a bris there, and Eliyahu was there. Every time a Jewish child becomes connected to Hashem, Pinchas is there to give witness that the Jewish people are, are, will never become detached from Hashem. Now, Chazal tell us what happened was as follows. <clears throat> Zimri was engaged in morality with a, go- with a, with a Goyesha woman. Now, what is the halacha when someone lives with a Goyesha woman? Now, let us first define what is, what is the level of Avera. And the Ramam says that this Avera is the worst Avera in the Torah. There is no Avera which is severe as this Avera as a Jewish man living with a Goyesha woman. The reason for this is, let us talk a moment for a Jewish man with, with a Goyesha woman, and then we'll understand also the vice versa. The reason for this is as follows. There is no physical way or no spiritual way that a Jewish person can actually turn his essence into being un-Jewish. If a Jewish person will eat all the chazayim in the world, I don't know where he's going to put them to his stomach, but let's say a Jewish person will eat all the pork in the world, and mechal Shabbos, a million times mechal Shabbos, and to our dismay, it happens. I don't know if you realize it, but now our generation, we live in a very modern generation. Very modern generation. In olden days, a man used to light a fire on Shabbos, he did a terrible Avera. Today, when you sit down in a car, I don't know if you know exactly how a car works, but the engine works on sparks. When you press on the gears, you're creating thousands of sparks. And when if a Jewish man takes a, a tiyul on Shabbos from Tel Aviv to Elat, he is probably chayef skilo ochatas probably several hundred million times. If a Jewish person, Achmon al-Islam, goes into his car and goes out to Nevada or goes out to, to Michigan or to Wisconsin and he drives all Shabbos, Whatever the case of vacation is, he's really Mechal Shabbos hundreds of millions of times. And we have today people that are Mechal Shabbos hundreds of millions of times. And Rahman Islam have people today who ate, if you take all what they ate during their lives, you can make a, a, a machsan, you can make a storehouse of Chazar Rahman Islam. And this person remains Jewish. No part of him, no part of him actually becomes non-Jewish. And when he becomes a Balchuva, and we have many of them today, Hashem should Hashem should 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 give me the right words. We have today many of these people that are Gdoili Israel Mamash. There is one way that a person can take part of his essence and make it to a non-Jewish if he lives with a Goyesha woman. Then his seed, which is which is his essence, he gives birth to a child. This child is a Goy. And this child will never be able to come back to the Jewish people. Because if this child converts, are you with me? It's a new creation. But that's not his father. And that's why the Raman says the only way that a person can actually leave the Jewish people is only with this terrible sin. And same as vice versa, Rahman al-Islam, a Jewish will live with a Goyesha man, even though the child is the child is Jewish. But this is the greatest attachment that there is in the physical and spiritual world to Rahman al-Islam, to avoid the Zorah, and to everything which is against Hashem. Now, what does the Torah give punishment for this? We know that an Eshesish, a married woman, Torah says, Chayv Chenek, Torah gives a death penalty. What is the penalty for living with, with a non-Jewish woman? There is no penalty in the Torah. No penalty. No penalty. If you take such a person to Bezdin, a Jewish married woman goes to Bezdin, the Bezin gives capital punishment. If you take such a person to Bezin, what does Bezin do? Bezin says, there's nothing we can do. None of our business. Bezin says, well, you're a louse. But Bezin does nothing. Now, where does it say in the Torah that it's also? Very interesting. It's a machlekes Do you know what machlekes means? 
It's a machlekes, it's a dispute between our previous generations with the Rambam and Taisvis. Some Rishonim say that it's a posak in the Torah, like it's chat and bom. Don't marry the goyim. And some say it's not a posak in the Torah at all. This is Chatenbaum only goes on the seven nations of Eretz Canaan. It does not mention the Torah. It's a Lachal Moshe Messinai, Hashem told Moshe Messinai Balpeh, and it's written up in Sefer Yechezkel very explicitly. It doesn't say in the Torah. Very interesting. It doesn't say in the Torah. Now, why doesn't it say in the Torah? Now, I want to tell you a little story. I think you know that Nebuch, at the time, 150 years ago in Germany, started off the whole concept of taking non Jewish women. And this was the beginning, what brought out to the terrible Holocaust that we know that, that occurred. I want to tell you a little story. There's a story, Reb Chaim Ibrisk, I think you all heard of the great sage, was invited, he was in Frankfurt, he was in a German city, and there was already bad times, it was already terrible times when, they were, when, when, when there was intermarriage already. I think you know today, this is the greatest problem in Judaism. It's the greatest problem in Judaism. I saw, I saw someone show an article in the New York Times that in the last 25 years, the American population doubled. In other words, from 120 million people, today is 210 million people. And the Jewish population stayed the same. It went up at 10%. From 5.5 million people, today is 5, uh, 5.8 million people, almost 6 million people. In other, words, we, in other words, by nature, the Jewish population, we have a lot of children, the Jewish population should have doubled or tripled. The Jewish population stayed the same because of the Holocaust of intermarriage. But this is not my subject. My subject is, I, want, I was in the middle of telling you a story. Rav Chaim Ibrisk once came to Germany, and they, and they invited him to write something, the Pinkas Seir. Do you know what the Pinkas Seir is? Today we don't have it, but those, towns, every, every, those days every town had, had a, a book where they wrote all the important information about the town. And the big tzaddik used to come, so he used to write something in the, in the Pinkas Seir. So Rav Chaim Ibrisk came, so they, he wrote something, they said, Rabbi, write something in Pinkas Seir. So he wrote, you're not allowed to marry Goyesha ladies. So they were very insulted, I can imagine. So they said, Rabbi, you know, it says in the Shloah HaKadosh, why doesn't it say before in the Torah, you're not allowed to marry a non-Jewish woman? So the Shloah HaKadosh says, Hashem is so disgusted by this act, doesn't want to talk about it. Doesn't want to, doesn't want to mention it. So why, Rabbi, why do you mention it? If Hashem doesn't want to talk about it, why do you mention it? So Rabbi Chaim says, you know, you're right. It doesn't say in the Chumash, according to some, to some opinions. But why does it say in Sefer Yechezkel? Obviously, the time of is necessary. <laughs> so when it's necessary, you've got to talk about it. Coming back to our, to our subject, the halacha says as follows. Bezdin does not punish. It's, it's a, a machlekes to opinions was before the Torah. But when a Jewish person sees a Jewish man engaging in such an immorality... If he gets excited, he can kill him on the spot. Now Pinchas saw what was happening. He went to Moshe Rabbeinu and he said, Rebbe, what's the halacha? What's the halacha of Ramas, Ramos, of, a, of a, someone marries an un-Jewish woman? Moshe Rabbeinu forgot. Moshe Rabbeinu forgot. Could you imagine Moshe Rabbeinu forgot the halacha? So Pinchas says, but didn't you teach us Kanoi and Poigenboy? Didn't you teach us that, that, for, that for such an act, you can kill on the spot? She says, if you remembered, and you, you, you brought us the halacha, you're the one who has to do it, and he went and did it, and he saved the Jewish people. Now this is a mystery. What does it mean, my Rabbeinu forgot? You have to know, that Riyah Kodesh, Reb Chaim Vital, relates, he says, that one time I went with my Rebbe, on the Yom Kineris, were you ever in the Yom Kineris? Were you never in the Yom Kineris? Oh, you're missing something. You'll soon see. Now, now I'm going to tell you what you're missing. I once went with my Rebbe to the Yom Kineris, and we went on a little, on a little boat, and my Rebbe Baruch HaKodesh knows that, in, that the Gemara says that the Be'erish of Miriam, the fountain of Miriam Hanavit that they had in the Midbar, is buried someplace in Yom Kineris. And my Rebbe took a cup and took out a glass of water, which was Be'erish Miriam, and gave it to me to drink. And from that day, I never forgot anything in the Torah. And that's why it's a minhag to drink well water, if you'll find well water, to drink well water to this very day on Mitzvah Shabbos, because we have a Kabbalah that every Mitzvah Shabbos, 
Be'eresh al-Miryam is not only in Yam Tveriah, but it goes to all the wells of the, of, of the world. And if you catch a drop of this water, Reife is kol tachla It will heal all your ailings. And it's a minig to drink. You never heard that? So it's good that I came today. You never heard that, Rabbi Sai? Yeah, well, uh, yeah. You probably tested it many times. Alevai. <laughs> Let's, let's continue. So here, so here I'm asking you, what did Rabbi Boy say? Rabbi Chaim Vital once drank a cup of well water, he never forgot anything of Torah, of Miriam's, of Miriam's well, and Moshe Rabbeinu, that for 40 years all he drank was Miriam's well, and he ate the man. And when Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, he told his Talmud, Yehoshua, is there anything that you forgot, anything that you don't know, that I'll tell you, I'll remind you, and Yeshua says, Rebbe, didn't you tell me? Didn't you write in your Torah? I didn't forget anything. I know everything you taught me. So Yeshua Benun, everything he was taught. And Rabbi Chaim Vital remembered everything he was taught. And Moshe Rabbeinu forgot. Moshe Rabbeinu forgot. This was a miracle. Hashem took this information out of Moshe Rabbeinu's mind. Now Rashi explains, why did Hashem take the information out of Moshe Rabbeinu's mind? To give Pinchas the opportunity to do what he did. That's what Rashi says. Because if Moshe Rabbeinu would have remembered, he would have gone ahead. Since Hashem made a miracle, he should forget to give Pinchas this opportunity. Now let me try to explain, maybe a new insight. Why did Moshe Rabbeinu forget? And why isn't this mentioned in the Torah, according to some opinions? And why doesn't Bezin punish for this? Why doesn't Bezin give a punishment? And all this I would like to bring an insight to explain. Now, what I'm trying to introduce is as follows. In Egypt, the Jewish people were in Egypt, and they were a people that Chazal tell us they did a lot of Averis. Chazal tell us when they went on the Yam, when they were out on, on the Yam Suf, and Hashem was ready to drown the, the Egyptians to save the Jewish people, so the Malachim, was, so it wasn't the Malachim, it was the, it was the, the Sultan, it was Midas Haddin really, wasn't it suddenly it was Midas Haddin was saying to Hashem, There's no difference between these two people. The nation of the of the Israel, the nation of, of Am Yisrael, and the nation of the Goyim, the same thing. They did all the Averas of the Torah. There was one Avera, this is something which is historically incredible. We know that there's a, that the world is the all kinds of different people in the world. These all 210 years that the Jewish people were in Mitzrayim, never was any Jewish man or woman ever, in, ever engaged in immorality. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu signed his name on the Jewish people. Because the Goyim used to laugh at the Jewish people. He used to say, you went out of Mitzrayim, you could see this of an Avram Yankov, you were the descendants of Avram Avinu. How are you the descendants of Avram Avinu? You think the Egyptians didn't, didn't weren't shot on, on, on your wives, on the women? They, 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 they were slaves. They did whatever you want. And Hashem gave witness. Shiv yo, and the whole parish over there in Bamidbar Nosai, the Torah says, the Shimon Mishpachas Hashim Oini, and Lekos Mishpachas Hakohosi. Hashem took every name, every Jewish name, a family, and put a Yud and a K to impress that Hashem put his stamp that the Jewish people were 100% pure. And Chazal tell us, in four merits, the Jewish people went out of Egypt. Shloshinu was Shmom, didn't change their names. Shloshinu was Malbusham, didn't change their clothing, the form of clothing. Shloshinu was Lashonam, Vishalonich Shilu Ba'arayas. Didn't change their names, or their clothing, or the language, or was any Jewish person engaged in morality. Now, let us talk a moment about Kloshinu and Shmam. I think there are bigger sins in the Torah than changing your name. There's bigger sins in the Torah than wearing Goisha styles. Well, it's pretty, it's, it's a serious thing, but it's not the biggest Havera. And even when it comes to immorality, it's very interesting. This was no, in the time of Mitzrayim, there was no Matan Torah yet. Now, the, all the Goyim, the Goyim I commanded, you're not, allowed to, you're not allowed to live with a married woman. But Egyptian with a Jew, there was no such Easter. This was their own feeling that no Jewish person was engaged in immorality with a non-Jewish person. 
Now, Chazal tell us because of this, they went out of Mitzrayim. Now, this is interesting to understand. This, obviously, this is a big mitzvah. And then it says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he tells Yecheskel, Koyamar Hashem, Ovichu Hoyam Moiri, Vimachachiti. Hashem brings a whole marshal. You were a baby, and you were thrown out in the street, and you were, you were, Ve'everach, Merch Mispossesses Badamayach, and you were naked. They didn't put you, they didn't give you a little, a little, a little cloth, a little piece of pajama, they didn't put on your nakedness. And I found you in the street, and you were surrounded with blood. And Hashem describes how I took you, and how I washed you, and how I makarv you. And this is a marshal which we all say in Leil Pesach, the famous Pesach, Hashem, the marshal of Jewish people. So Chazal say, well, what does it mean that you were naked? You were naked, you had no mitzvahs. You had no mitzvahs, you had no way to become redeemed. So what did Hashem do? Hashem gave him two mitzvahs. Dam Pesach and Dam Mila. Hashem said, bring a carbon Pesach, and all the Jewish men should make Mila, and here are two mitzvahs that they went out of Mitzrayim. So we see that the mitzvahs were something else completely. So why do we say, Shleishinu Eshmam, Leishinu Malbushan, etc.? The answer is, and here I'm coming to the message. There's two things, two concepts in the Jewish people. First, we have to know what defines a Jewish person. Then we have to know how a Jewish person is supposed to act. Obviously, a Jewish person is Am Hashem as Hashem's, Hashem's people. Now, if the Jewish people in Mitzrayim would have lost their identity, if they would have engaged in immorality with the Egyptians, it's not a problem. It's not a problem of a sin. That's not, that's, that's, that's not the problem. It's just that it would not be Hashem's people. It's just they would lose the connection with Hashem. In other words, why did Hashem look at them as my people? Because they talk like Hashem's people, they spoke like Hashem's language, they dress like Hashem's people, they call themselves like Hashem's people, and their family life was of Hashem's people. Now, you're my people, but you have to do mitzvahs. So Hashem gave them two mitzvahs. But if it would have been vice versa, if they would have engaged with immorality with the Egyptians, then even they would, they would have done all the mitzvahs in the Torah. You're just not my people. You're just, it's like a guy putting on a talus. And this was Bilam, Yamach Shemoy, his name she wiped out. His was his genius. He told Bullock, listen, if I will induce them to any sin, it's not going to help. Because they once made an eagle. They made the golden calf. Could you imagine? Imagine under the chuppah, under Har Sinai, my Shrabbeinu is an extra day. Now really, the golden calf, we don't know exactly what happened. It wasn't just time they built out the golden calf. But let us talk in the language the way the Torah describes it. They took an idol and said, this is my God. Could be worse than that? My Shrabbeinu says, please Hashem, please Hashem, please Hashem, if you don't forgive them, wipe me out. And what happened? Hashem says, Salah Tikit and here we are. So Bilal says, whatever they'll do, Meshur Abbeinu will, 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 will cry to Hashem and they'll cry to Hashem and they'll do tshuva and they'll say, I'm sorry Hashem and they'll... You know what we have to do? We have to disconnect them from Hashem. Not with an Averit, not a point of an Averit. Disconnect them from Hashem. And this is to immorality. If we can get induce them to have connection with these Goyesha women, with these Goyesha girls, then Hashem says, it's not a shayla of an Averit. I forgive your Averit. But you're, but you're, not, my, you're, not, my, you're not my people. You're just not my people. And... They are disconnected from Hashem and they will completely be inhaled. They will completely be like, This is not Hashem's people. Absolutely not Hashem's people. Now, there's something very beautiful here. This essence of Hashem's people. Let us bring three things. And I want to, I want to ask a question. If this is so important to Hashem, that we shouldn't change our language, and we shouldn't change our names, we shouldn't change our dress. So I guess, why does Hashem command us? Can anybody show me in the Torah where it says, there's a lot in the Torah that says, a man should not wear a woman's clothing. A lot in the Torah, the Torah says, I want men and women to have different clothing. We all know this. Why does the Torah says, I don't want you wearing Goyesha clothing? You ever hear the story of the Yid? Who, wore a, who was buried in Galach's clothing, in, 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 the, in the clothing of a Galach, of a priest? I shouldn't stop with the stories. 
There's a whole, there's, I'll tell you very shortly. There was, they, they, once, they once uncovered a person that was buried. A buried person had to, cha- had to change over buried. And there was a Jew that was clothed in the clothing of a priest. And he was completely, it was years later, he was completely, he was completely whole. In other words, his body didn't, didn't disintegrate. One of the, the greatest tzaddik, and they couldn't figure out until they found out what the story was. The story was that this is a Jew. He, he, was, look, he was going around for tzedakah. And there was a Michigan there who had a lot of money. And he said to him, he said, uh, he said, I need money for, for, for poor people. So he said, so he said, you know what? If you put on a priest's clothes, you go because of the priest and you walk through the streets of the town, this is, this is a Yiddish town. This is like, it's not like, it's not Gorapak. Gorapak, you can imagine walking, someone walking through uh, <laughs> the Babushi, 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 she just did with the hundred people, all the children out. If you put on a priest's clothes, I'll give you a hundred, a thousand rubles, which is a lot of money. The kids here, he did it. Fitzdaka for Hashem, for poor people. He put on, he found a priest garment, and he started walking through the streets, and all the, the whole town came out looking. He came crazy. He became a guy. started screaming at him. And he's walking, and the children started throwing eggs at him and, and old cabbage. And, and the kids here, he walked through the streets, and he got the money for Fitzdaka, and, and then after he asked, before he, he passed away, he has to be buried in his clothes. And they buried him in his clothes. And uh, this clothes kept him. No worm could touch could touch such a holy body when you have when you have clothes. But this is a beautiful story, which is it's a true story. Whatever. Let's come back to our our discussion. Uh, there's no idea to put on put on goyish clothes. Terry doesn't say don't put on goyish clothes. Now he wouldn't if 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 say, they would have said put on a dress, he would say sorry. Even for a million dollars for stuck, I'm not going to do an idea in the Torah. I'm not going to put on a woman's dress. So that's a lav in the Torah. It's a lav. Obviously, there's no such a very. Probably just a rather. There's no such a very. You have to be pretty stupid to do so. But it's not a very. Now, to speak English is not a very in the Torah. I hope not. <laughs> Hashem should forgive me. Shlashino is Lashina. And to call your name, to call yourself, uh, I don't want to, I don't know, I don't want to exaggerate to call yourself John, but to, but to call yourself is, <laughs> is not a very in the Torah. If Hashem is so worried about it, why did, why did Hashem tell us? And the answer is something very, very important over here. The answer is as follows. We are talking about the essence of Ami, the essence of the Jewish people. Now when we talk about a marriage, we know the Torah says, V'hu yim In a marriage, the normal situation is that the husband really dominates over the wife. Let's not go into this subject at this moment because this is not our... our but the Torah says, V'hu yim This is the way Hashem created His world. In the engagement... There's no such thing. A man walks over to a woman and says, You know, the terrorist says, Who Yom Shalbach? I want you to marry me. By hook or by crook. So he, see, she says, If I'd be your wife, after we marry, but the decision, the first decision is on her hands as much as his hands. The Chosn and Kala both have to give their, their consent when it comes to the condition, but at least in, also she has she has to stick out. If she says she doesn't want, there's no way to makadish her, and especially getting engaged. There's no way to engage a, a, a woman without her will. Now Hashem, the, the the first connection between Hashem and the Jewish people must come from the Jewish people themselves, and that's why Hashem will not command the Jewish people these commandments which is the essence of Ami, of my nation. This you have to have your own realization. And that's why Hashem will not command us not to talk like the Goyim, not to dress like the Goyim, because Hashem says, this you have to understand yourself. And I would like to introduce that even this Haver, which is the worst Haver in the Torah, of marrying a Goyish woman, according to some opinions, it's not Mephorish in the Torah, and the Shloss says Hashem doesn't want to discuss it, I would like to introduce a new opinion. Hashem doesn't want to discuss it. Hashem says, I don't want to say it explicitly. You have to understand this yourself. And that's what happened in this piece of history. When Pinchas saw what is going on over here, this immorality, he went to Moshe Rabbeinu and says, Moshe, what's the halacha? Now, if he would go to Bezdin and say, punish this man, Bezdin would say, Hashem didn't tell us to punish him. Where does it say in the Torah, according to some opinions, it doesn't say. But Moshe Rabbeinu, bring, brought the halacha. So Pinchas went to Moshe Rabbeinu. Now Moshe Rabbeinu is Hashem's mouth. Moshe Rabbeinu is shechino medaberes metoch grono. This is Hashem's mouth, Hashem's words. 
if Moshe Rabbeinu would say, this is Hashem's, against Hashem's will, then again, Hashem is imposing this situation. And Hashem did not want to oppose the situation. Hashem wanted us to realize from our own self. And Hashem says, Kanoim, if you have any heat in you, if you have any excitement, any love for Hashem, Poygim, but get up. And it doesn't say in the Torah, Bez will not command you. You want to hear something interesting, halachically? The Gemara says, if Zimri sees Pinchas coming at him to kill him, and he would have turned around and killed Pinchas, he would not be punished. He would not be punished. Because the Torah doesn't tell you to kill me. You want to kill me, I'll kill you back. The Torah says, if you're excited, then, 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 then go ahead and, and do it. And Pinchas proved, Pinchas was not my Rabbeinu, Pinchas was one of the Jewish people. He wasn't even a coin, he was nothing special. And he got up and he said, Hashem, we love you. And we are, and, and we, we are excited. We, we are all heated up. This will not be. And he was the one who proved to Hashem that we are Hashem's people. And he created the bris, the connection. And Hashem said, in this chus, if you are mine, then I am yours. And he was zeichet to, 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 to life till the end of days. And he is the one who's going to bring the Mashiach. Which we all met many times. Now this was the Dvar Torah, and now I'd like to discuss a moment what this teaches us. Now what this teaches us is as follows. We have to put concentration on two parts of the Torah. We concentrate, we always concentrate on the Shulchan Aruch, Baruch Hashem. And I'm not going to belittle that for a moment. Because of course the Shulchan Aruch is the essence of everything. And Baruch Hashem, I know, I'm sure, that there are many in this audience that know Hilchas Boyer, who know how to make a salad on Shabbos, and know how to eat fish on Shabbos. Baruch Hashem. And know Hilchas Lashon Hore, and know what you're not supposed to speak, what, you ask, what, you, what, you, what is permitted to talk. And Baruch Hashem, this is wonderful, and it should be like that. And we know Hilchas Tefillah. And Baruch Hashem, really Baruch Hashem. But we also must know there's another part of Torah, which is called Kedushas Yisrael, the holiness of the Jewish people. And for some reason, and I'm trying to introduce the reason, the halachas of Kedushas Yisrael are deliberately not in Shulchan Aruch. Deliberately not in Shulchan Aruch. Because Kedushas Yisrael has to come from us. We have to realize this is, this is our, we have to, this is our donation to Hashem. Kedushas Yisrael, the holiness of the Jewish people. And many times, many times, there are things that we do in our lives which when someone rebukes us for them we say, tarnished. I'll bring you a, a mushal. I brought this mushal. I'll bring, you, I'll bring you an example. I don't know if it's a good example. And if it's not a good example, put it aside. I told, I told, I told the people in the seminar I was once traveling to the mountains and there was a rest place on the throughway. And I got off and I passed through the, you know, those, those restaurants and I saw their video games. And I saw a young Hasidic man without a hat and jacket. He took him his hat and jacket. He's not davening. He's putting in quarters and playing video games. So a couple of fellows around. It bothered me. It really bothered me. It really bothered me. I'll tell you the truth. It could be I'm, 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 it could be I'm climbing a wall. If I'm climbing a wall, put this away. But it bothered me. Now, I'm not a going. I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a great sage. Now, I, I don't think any, any Rav will find in the Shulchan Aruch that you're not supposed to put a quarter play a video game. It doesn't say in Shulchan Aruch. But it's not Jewish. It's not Jewish. Nish Yiddish. Our parents used to say, Ayitit There's such a thing as called as Jewish. And Yiddish, this is Hashem's, this is the bris with Hashem. And there are things which Hashem does not command explicitly. Because if you don't understand this, you understand, Hashem said, I should tell you everything. Now, when it comes to our, our families, <clears throat> when it comes to our parents, it comes to people that we love, we know how to, how to give things which you weren't asked for. Which you weren't asked for. I, Baruch Hashem, I'm leaving back to Eretz Yisrael today. I'm Baruch Hashem, a normal human being. I have Baruch Hashem, a wonderful family. I have a wife, I have children. You understand? I called up my wife. What should I bring? Brengnish garnish. Kim gives Don't bring anything. Don't bring anything. That's all I need to walk into the house without anything. And I didn't think... 
what, 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 what my wife enjoy, what will Miriam want, what Manucha want, what will Matis want, what will Yosef want. I love these people. I love these people, and I, they don't have to tell me what they want. And that's why Hashem says, I have to tell you everything. If I tell you, then it's not you. If I tell you, it's not you. Where are you? Where are you in the picture? And that's why the Jewish people of Mitzrayim proved that they're Hashem's nation only. Lashinu and Shimon, they call themselves Yehuda, they call themselves Ariya, all the Jewish names, they call themselves Jewish names. And it's very interesting. You know what Jewish names are? You know what Jewish names are? Omarav Papa. Is that a Jewish name? Is Papa a Jewish name? I once heard from Rosh Hashiva, a beautiful word, a beautiful word. Someone once said, you know, you see in the story, in the, in the children's books, which we shouldn't, we shouldn't give, give our children, but this is not my issue now. He said pictures of Ramavinu. Ramavinu was dressed, you know, with a long limah, like, like an elderly, like, like, a, like an Arab. But... So someone once says, how did I have Ramavinu dress? How do you think of Ramavinu dressed? Did he, did he really wear a long Arab robe? Maybe he wore a sport jacket. Did he wear a sport jacket? A white sport jacket with a carnation? How do you know? So this Rosh Hashiva said, you know, I'll tell you how he dressed. I don't know how he dressed. One thing I know, he dressed different than everybody. If everybody wore long robes, all the goyim, he wore a sport jacket. I don't know how he dressed. One thing I know, he dressed differently. And it's a Pasuk, Avram Ho'ivri. What is Ivri? Kol Ho'ila Me'ivri Zeh, and he's Me'ivri Shainim. What does it mean, Shleishinu Es L'Shainim? Is Yiddish... I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not putting a pitch for Yiddish. This is not, this is not my, my discussion. But just let me just say why it's called Yiddish. What's Yiddish? What, what's, what holiness is there Yiddish? The only holiness is that it's Yiddish. That it's not Goyish. That's all holiness. There's nothing holiness in Yiddish. Lashinus Malbushin. It's very essential to dress like a, Jew, like a Jewish girl. We should see that you should, you should be a Kiddush Hashem. So Avish Tatis, where does it say in the Torah? Where does it say in the Torah? It doesn't say, it deliberately doesn't say in the Torah. Because if you have no feeling for Hashem's feeling, then there's no one to talk to. Like the Shlach says, there's no one to talk to. If I have to tell it to you, then there's no one to listen. The whole concept of big Jewish families. You know, in the Torah says that you have to have a boy and a girl. Nobody can show you in Shulchan Aruch, if you have a little boy and a little girl, that you have to have 13 children. Today, 13 children is nothing. Baruch Hashem, today, today, 18 children. We're starting off with 18 today. Baruch Hashem, Hashem should help us. Where does it say in the you have to have big families? It's hard. I don't have to tell you people. Where does it say in the Torah? It doesn't say in the Torah. You know why it doesn't say in the Torah? The Torah says you have to have one boy and one girl because of the Jewish people. So why do I have to have six or eight or ten? I'd rather... Uh, why? Hashem says, but this is your donation because this is Am Yisrael. This is the Jewish people. Because there's nothing that's precious to Hashem like a Jewish neshama. And when you have 12 and you bring Hashem the 13th, this is your present. And if Hashem would command you, it's not your present. This is your present to Hashem. Hashem brought you a Jewish child. You think it was easy for me? You know what kind of, you know what kind of zoo I have in my house? <laughs> Excuse the expression. I couldn't hurry us, did kachkas and guns. You know, I just walk out of the house, you know, what's going, you know what kind of choir I have? I'm going to the house to bring me another one. This is my present to Hashem. This is the most beautiful present you could bring Hashem. And Hashem deliberately did not command us that. But if you feel for Hashem, and you know that you're willing to jump into the water and sacrifice your life for a Jewish neshama, what would you give to save the Chofetz Chaim? What would you give to save a Jewish child? There are people today that give away a kidney to save a Jewish child. So you give Hashem a, bring Hashem a Jewish child. This is your contribution. This is your present to Hashem. This is greatness. And the whole concept of Kedusha Yisrael, the whole concept of Jewish... I'm bringing examples, but I don't really mean the examples. You could, all the examples you could put aside. Some of them I mean, but some of them I don't want, I don't want to go into. I, my daughter, Zangazund, Mrs. Gottlieb knows her. <laughs> She came to visit for America. She, my, my sister made chasna and she wanted very much to come. And I warned her, you should know you're going to America. America is nish, nish there, it's But she, she wanted very much to go. I, uh, Baruch Hashem, I have a wonderful family. My sister, all my, my, my nieces are for sure. She was a she was out in the country. And she told me, Mr. Yechlef Neitumi. She was a Batamas, you understand? It was a Batamas. The land of she was a Batamas. 
Because with Tzai Shabbos, I think you all remember, and they went out to buy pizza. Out in the country, 12 o'clock in the, at night, the whole family went together to buy pizza. She said, there must have been 200 people there. There must have been 200 people there. In the pizza shop out, I don't know, in Ellenville, I don't know where it is. Is anything wrong with it? Anything wrong with it? Nothing wrong with it. Is it Jewish? I don't know. I, I, don't, I just don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. I, I'm, it, could be, I'm, it could be I'm off my racket. I just don't know. It could, it could be I'm climbing up a wall. Is it Jewish? You understand? All the Jewish boys and girls, you understand? They're waiting in line for a pizza. Little Shavasa Batamas. Tomorrow, what is Shavasa? What is Shavasa Batamas? What's it all about, Shavasa Batamas? Just look at that. Hashem tells us to fast in El Tishabov. There would have been in El Tishabov also, but you got to fast in El Tishabov. Isn't that lucky? Is that Jewish? It's kosher. It's kosher. Is it Jewish? I don't know if it's Jewish. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just, I, sometimes I get mixed up. And it's important for us, Maria Rabbi said, not only to be kosher. We're kosher, but, but sometimes we forget that we're Jewish. And Judaism is not only Shulchan Aruch. Judaism has a taste to it, has a feeling to it. And when we, when we say, Al-Chet Shechaton Lefanecha on Yom Kippur, remember on Yom Kippur, Al-Chet Shechaton Lefanecha, and we say 22 times two Al-Chets, and the last punch that you give on your heart, remember the last punch? And we all know the last punch is always the hardest. Al-Chet Shechaton Lefanecha B'Tim Hoin Leivov. What does Tim Hoin Leivov mean? How do you translate these words? Do you know? Do you know what Ashachet Shechaton Lefanecha B'Sumas Yad means? Do you know? Every time I come on, on Yom Kippur, I say, Al-Chet Shechaton Lefanecha B'Sumas Yad, and then I say, Al-Hashem, Al-Chet Shechaton Lefanecha, I don't know what B'Sumas Yad is. That's a big idea, you know what it means. You're <laughs> supposed to know the translation. B'Sumas Yad means that you lend money, and you borrow money, you don't give it back. But what does Timon Leivov mean? So next time you say Al-Chet, you should ask Hashem forgiveness, you don't know what it means. But let me tell you what it means. Timhoin Leivov means that the heart is stuck. What kind of error is that? It's not an error, but that I have no feeling. That's the biggest of error. That's the worst of error. Feeling. Feeling for Yiddishkeit. Feeling for Yiddishkeit. Feeling how to dress. Feeling how to act. And this is the worst of error. Why? Because this is the Nikuda of connection. This is the Nikud of connection. This is the point of connection. Now, I just want to tell you, my, I just want to, I, I want to, I to conclude my, my subject. I think that everyone over here has their own ideas of what I'm talking about. Really, I should, I should be careful. I'm talking to a tape recorder. I should be careful. I once opened the, the Jewish press. I don't read the Jewish press personally. I don't read the Jewish press personally. I don't read the paper of the cloud. But I don't read the Jewish press, but there was an advertisement I had to see. I opened the Jewish press. I saw a big advertisement of a hotel in Miami. It's very interesting. Big advertisement. There was a singer there and entertainment. And I saw on the side, Chol of Yisrael, Shabbos Elevator, Glad Kosher. You know, that's why I don't read the Jewish press because I have one thing against the Jewish press. Hashem should forgive my words. I have one thing against the Jewish press. One thing against them. It's the wrong name. It's the wrong name. That you call the kosher press. Could be it's kosher, but it's not Jewish. It's not Jewish. It's just not Jewish. They can't, you understand... The New York Post is treif. We know it's treif. Absolutely treif. So someone says to me, why is it kosher? They have all kinds of, of, of immoral pictures in the Jewish press. So I said to him, you know what? I guarantee you, within two years, they won't have these pictures anymore. They'll take it out. Because, Baruch Hashem, we are progressing. But it's not Jewish. It's not Jewish. You know what this means? Jewish. Yiddish. You know what Yiddish means? Cholib Yisrael is kosher, but sings Yiddish. Go to a hotel, you understand, with all that schmutz, and, and glad kosher, chol of Yisrael, it's kosher. What's about Yiddish? Yiddish, such thing as Yiddish. And we have to talk to ourselves once in a while, and we have to tell ourselves, beautiful, we're kosher Jews, are we, but are we Jews? And this is something which comes with our feeling. How we conduct ourselves, whom do we love, with whom do we communicate, what interests us? What interests us? You walk into a Jewish house. You walk into a Jewish house. You walk into a house of a Talmud Chacham, of a Ben Torah, an Avrech Koylu. His wife is a Bishyakov teacher. A kosher Jewish house 
you'll find there are Shas and a Bavli and Yerushalmi and Rambams and everything. And of course, for the children, you have to have normal, balanced children. You have Cinderella and Snow White. You know, I'm asking you, is that Shreif? It's not Shreif. Is it Jewish? Was Snow White Jewish? I don't know. I don't know. Was Snow White Jewish? The dwarfs Jewish? Little River Harringer was Jewish. Was the wolf Jewish? Three beers. I don't want to discuss. It's really not my discussion. How much Hashchaser is is involved in all these all these little little children's stories? But this is not my this is not my discussion. This is not my discussion. My discussion is we have to, and there was never a generation that we have to. Never a generation that we have to be worried about this problem as our generation. I want to finish one last word. We are looking forward to Rosh Chodesh Elul. After Rosh Chodesh Elul comes Rosh Hashanah. After Rosh Hashanah comes Aseris Yimei After Aseris Yimei comes Yom Kippur. And after Yom Kippur comes the Sukkot. What is the epitome of Sukkot? Now after Sukkot comes the Simchas Torah. Simchas Torah, this is an expression of Yichud of Hashem's nation. I think you all know that on Sukkot, in the Beit HaMikdosh, they will mark of 70 Purim. 70 Purim. 70 oxen in to should be a schus for all the 70 nations. In other words, we are Jewish people, but we need the nations. We have to have, sometimes you have to go to a Goyesha doctor. We need, we need, if there wouldn't be nations, then we'd have to make, we'd have to make uh, cars by ourselves. So we want that the nations should also have their panosa. So on Sukkot, we make 70 porn for 70 nations. Simchas Torah, Shmini Atzeres, Shmini Atzeres is the day that we express the unity between Hashem and the Jewish people. And this is the epitome of everything we did through the year. I think you all know this, the year starts off, you have a Pesach, a Shavuos, and you have a Rosh Hashanah, an Eliyam Kippur, the epitome is to come to be Hashem's nation, Yismach Hashem Ma'isov, we should be Hashem's nation, in, when? On Simchas Torah. What precedes Simchas Torah? Hoshana Rab. Hoshana Rab. Now it's very interesting. Hoshana Rab is the only day we have a very special mitzvah. I think you all know the mitzvah of taking the arovas and knocking on the floor. And it's very interesting. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, it's very interesting. Um, in Eretz Israel, most little boys have a luluf. Most little boys, when I was in America, my father never bought me a luluf in Israel. When I, I lived in America, my father, my father had his luluf in Israel, and he came home from shul, we would talk to luluf. In Eretz Israel, it's much more famous. It's much more, uh, Baruch Hashem, my little children, from top to bottom, my little Shalom, three years old, has his own luluf, I don't know if it's kosher, but all the little children have lulufs. But the girls don't have lulufs. Did anybody buy a little for his daughter? I mean, anybody buy a little for his wife? Huh? Not yet. A rovis? Everybody has a rovis. I buy a rovis for my children, for my eniklach. I have an enikl, which is Baruch Hashem. <laughs> you understand? If he's two years old, he can hold it. He has to have a rovis. My wife has her rovis, and all the children have a rovis. Very interesting. A new mitzvah, a rovis. What is this mitzvah? What is this mitzvah? What bracha do you make on these rovis? There is no bracha. This is called Minhag Nevim. This is a Minhag Nevim. This is a Minhag, it's a custom that the Nevim, that the prophets introduced. Now, Hoshana Rabbah, listen to this. Hoshana Rabbah will never fall on Shabbos. Will never fall on Shabbos. And our whole Jewish calendar is based, our Jewish calendar today is based on two foundations. That Yom Kippur should not be Sunday or Friday. Are you with me? I'm talking too long? Yeah. That Yom Kippur, I'm, I'm finishing already. That Yom Kippur should not be either Sunday or Friday. And Hashanah Rabbah should not be on Shabbos. Now, Yom Kippur should not be Sunday or Friday. It says a whole, it says a reason because, uh, because Chaz Hashanah should be a Leviah two days. Also because of the, ve- the vegetable shouldn't get spoiled. Whatever it is, Yom Kippur will never be on a Sunday, will never be on a Friday. And therefore, our whole calendar is based on, on, on this. Yom Kippur should not be Sunday or Friday. And Hashanah Rabbah should not be on a Shabbos. 
Why? Because you won't bring that rovers. You can't have, you can't have a rovers on Shabbos. Now, isn't that interesting? Now, let me tell you something. Rosh Hashanah can be Shabbos. No one is worried about Rosh Hashanah being Shabbos. You don't blow Shaifer. You know what means you don't blow Shaifer? You know what Shaifer is? You want to hear the lecture now for an hour on Shaifer? Yeah, I, don't, I have no time. I have, I have to leave tonight. There's Israel. You know what Shaifer is? Chazal tell us, call Shono. She's like talking with Chilas Maria and Besaifer. If you don't blow Shaifer, the end will be that you'll be crying. Shaifer, who brings blessing alike to the Jewish people, I don't want to discuss. Shaifer is the greatest mitzvah. We're not, Rishon on Shabbos, you don't blow Shaifer, we're not worried. When Sukkot is on Shabbos, when Sukkot is on Shabbos, we have one day of Lulav Esrik, which is the Raiser, which is Minatari, because you know that other six days the Rabbana. You don't take a Lulav. You don't do the Mitzvah the Raiser. We're not worried. Right? What are we worried about? All worry one thing, that you should not miss the Mitzvah of our robbers. When it's not even a Mitzvah, it's a Minig. You with me? And the answer is, that's the reason. Because our peace thought, the secrets of Torah tell us that Hashanah Rabbah is the epitome of Sukkot. And the epitome of Rosh Hashanah and Asarasimei and Yom Kippur. And you take Arovis and Arovis like lips. And this is an expression of a kiss to Hashem. When you bang those Arovis and pick them up, it's an expression of a kiss to Hashem. You know what a kiss is? Now, a kiss is me like this. Let's say you have a father who has a, has a, has a precious son. And he says, Yankel, do this for me, and do this, and do this. And he does everything that his father says. He prepares this, and he prepares this, and he, and, he, and he cleans the house, does everything. And after he finishes everything, he's so excited that he was able to do what his father wanted, he gives his father a kiss. This kiss, he didn't ask for this kiss. This kiss is more precious than anything. This show, this, because this expressed this express love. A kiss will never be commanded. Could you imagine if Hashem would command us to, to, to give a kiss? It's not a kiss. Imagine it's a mitzvah to give a kiss. A kiss, that, a kiss that you give for force is not a kiss. Aishana Rabbe is minhag nevim. There's no such mitzvah. It's not a mitzvah. It's a minik. It's a custom of the Jewish people. That they're so full of feeling. They're so full of feeling that they take their rubbers and every little Jewish boy or girl or man or woman has to have these rubbers. And Chazal HaKadoshim changed the whole Jewish calendar. The whole Jewish calendar. To make sure we have these Arovis. When it's not a mitzvah. Because it's an expression of love. And this expression is more important than anything else. And everything that we discussed today. We have a, lot, we have a whole Shulchan Aruch. And the Shulchan Aruch is very important. We should keep the Shulchan Aruch. But there's another thing. There's an expression of love to Hashem. And the expression of love to Hashem is first and foremost with Kedusha Yisrael, the holiness of the Jewish people. By our tzniyas, by our modesty. By keeping our morality, by keeping our sneers, by acting like Jewish people, by knowing, knowing in, in what crowds we gather, whom we know, whom we love, who, who interests us, what we read, what we teach our children. Again, none of us will teach our children something which is not kosher, chas v'sholem. But it should be Jewish, it should be Kodesh, it should be Hashem. And this expression... This is the essence of the Jewish people. And this is the bris. This is the connection. That Pinchas ben Eloza ben Arakoyin got up all by himself. Moshe Rabbeinu says, I forgot. He looked in the Chumash, he couldn't find it. He went to hedge and they couldn't tell him. And he says, Kanoyim, it's burning in me. He was a Kanoi. And he is the one who brought about the bris to Hashem, the Jewish people. And this is what guarantees the Mashiach Tzidkenu. And I just want to finish off what I started. That's what it means. Nachamu, Nachmu. Why Nachamu? Ah, because you're my nation. You're my nation. Imru Elokechem, I'm your God. If you're my nation, then you have Nachamu. It's not because you're Tzadikim. It doesn't say Nachamu, Nachamu, Tzadikim. It doesn't say Nachamu, Nachamu, Balei Tshuva. It says Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami. And I think in our generation, more than any time in our civilization, we have to be more careful to make sure that we and our families are Yiddish, are Yiddish, are Yiddish, have a Yiddish etzura. We should look like Yidin, we should talk like Yidin. I don't care about the language. That we, I don't know, someone, we, 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 we got used to speaking English. That's not the point. 
But even in English, you can talk like, you know, when you hear the bum speaking, then, then we know that we're speaking Yiddish. But Baruch Hashanah, our English is also Yiddish, but we should speak Yiddish. We should eat like Yidin, we should sit where Yidin sit. No one's going to go sit with Goyim, but we should sit like Yidin, we should be Yiddish. And the moment we be, we're Yiddish, then we're Ami and everything will fall and Hashem should help us.